We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Laura. We have a special guest here today. So exciting. I've wanted to do this topic for a really long time. Because I have said to a few massage clients, actually, that why is there not a weed coach? Why can someone not come tell me about weed? And how does it work? Because I was not experienced in high school. So we found one and it's Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Hi. I'm your weed coach. <laughs> you are our weed coach. So <laughs> tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, I am an elementary school teacher by trade. I've been teaching for close to 20 years. But about five years ago, I um, fell into like a really deep depression. Um, I think I was trying to do the same thing that every single mom I knew at the time was, which was balance small children and a full-time job and a husband and a life and a clean house and healthy groceries and stuff. And I just all of a sudden couldn't do it anymore. It was the very likely undiagnosed postpartum all the way back from my first kid. But I just thought that this is how motherhood was so I was put off work and I was you know just lying in bed crying feeling feeling suicidal for months and tried everything you know like medication meditation I went to my doctor I went to therapy I exercised I did all the things and nothing at all worked um, and so it was my mom for Christmas that year. She gave me a little bag of cannabis. Actually, it was a big bag. Of cannabis. <laughs> That's amazing. Not gonna, it was yeah. not a little bag. <laughs> it was a big honking bag of weed. And she said, like, I think this might help. And my husband and I had smoked weed uh, separately when we were kids before we met. Um, but neither one of us had touched it for a really long time. And I was like really re-stigmatized against it. Like I had lots of bad feelings about people who smoked weed. So we probably looked at that bag for like two months before we finally uh, like YouTubed how to roll a joint. And for me on the literally the very first puff, I describe it as if like the clouds parted for me. And I remembered who I was inside. And I was like, oh shit, like I, I'm still in here. I had forgotten all about like me. Um, right. it, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, I laughed for the first time. I hadn't laughed in months. And I remember like just feeling so grateful that I had finally found like the thing, like this was it, this was going to be the thing. And I was going to be able to go back to parenting my kids and going back to work and doing all the stuff, except for, as you know, or maybe you don't, doesn't freaking work like that like yeah. you don't you don't find the thing and then it works so mm -hmm. I went to my doctor who thought I was the devil for trying cannabis I went to the cannabis doctor who gave me zero indication on how to actually use it and I, well, I was helpful. like oh yeah, yeah. super wow. super helpful 
So I just started Googling, like, like whose job is it to teach me how to use weed kind of thing? (laughs) Yeah. And I found the Cannabis Coaching Institute. So I signed up, I joined their very first class and that was um, almost four years ago. And I've been doing this ever since. So I like exactly what you said. Like I need someone to be this person to teach me about healthy cannabis use. And so I just created that job and here we are. The person that's yeah. Okay. So let's get some of the stigmas are like on, off the table. What do you say? Yeah. I don't know. Let's on the talk table. about On them. and then them. off. Yes. Yeah. Let's take, yeah. Let's challenge them or, or what are the stigmas? What are people feeling? I mean, how long has a cannabis been legal now? Cannabis is coming up on three years legal in, in October, it'll be three years. Um, I think that the stigma around cannabis has, um, has the same, Um, the same thing will kill that stigma that kills every other stigma, which is education. Um, If once you learn a little, just a little tiny bit about how and why cannabis works in your body and about the, the receptor system that we have set up in our body that, you know, catches the compounds that are in cannabis to make us feel better. I think as soon as you learn just a little bit about this endocannabinoid system, I think it's much, much, much harder to be stigmatized against this plant because you'll discover that we've grown evolutionarily with this plant. You have those receptors in your body from conception. Like when you are first turning from one cell into multi, one of the first types of receptors that develop are endocannabinoid receptors. You, your babies do not suckle unless an endocannabinoid is present that teaches them that encourages them to feed like it's just it's just part of who we are and has been for our entire eternity and it's these last hundred years when um specifically some very rich um white men in the united states in the early 1900s decided that they did not want things like hemp taking over their paper business, their gas business. They didn't want cannabis taking over the pharmaceutical businesses. And they sure as hell didn't want black people and Mexican people to have something fun and free thinking um, that would, you know, encourage them to get together and, you know, maybe have these horrible thoughts. Um, you know, like it's, it's so wound into oppression and racism Um in our history and the science is so clear on how many conditions it can help with and how well it works for most people. But you just have to know that. And then all the stigmas yeah. can go to hell because they're all, they're literally just lies that we were, that we were purposely told in order to keep us like this. Wow. Two things. Yeah. I go. Okay. <laughs> how eerily similar is cannabis and home birth? Right. Yeah white yes. dudes ruined the whole thing right just and, and wanted you to feel really bad about your choice yeah. to do a home birth wanted to make you feel awful about it yep mm-hmm. also yep. i can feel sarah getting horny about the physiology that she's going to dive into right here <laughs> perfect yes oh uh, you read my mind you know okay yeah so these cannabinoid receptors <laughs> here we go um okay so is that like oxytocin like what, very, what are you, okay yeah see more about that yeah very similar so you already know about one of these cannabinoids that your body produces naturally you're both runners right 
you both yeah. go for yeah psychos okay <laughs> love you both um you know the runner's high have you had that runner's high yeah, yeah. and people think that it's um endorphins we used to think it was endorphins we've only just for reference to back um, back step a second here we've only known about this system this series of receptors in our body called the endocannabinoid receptor system for about 30 years it's just discovered about 30 years ago and so it's extraordinarily likely that your doctor knows nothing about it and yeah. even now in med schools across north america it is under 20 percent of med schools that pardon me that even touch on this receptor system yeah. even though it's a master control system for your receptor your um reproductive system your digestive oh. system your cardiovascular system the endocannabinoid system is like the puppet master for it so so yeah Okay, so we haven't known about this for very long, which is why we used to think that endorphins cause the runner's high. In fact, it's not endorphins, it's one of our endocannabinoids. So a cannabinoid our body makes naturally called anandamide. And when anandamide binds with the receptors in our brain, it makes us feel great and happy and excited. So that will go do the running thing again. Um, and so the molecules in cannabis fit like a lock and a key into this receptor system. The molecule shapes and sizes are, they're exactly meant to fit in the system. That's the system was named after cannabis, as you can tell. Um, and so, yeah, we have the, we have the vast majority of the receptors in our brain and our spinal, our central nervous system, but we have it on our skin. We have it um, in our hair. We have it in our eyeballs. We have it on our lungs. We have it literally everywhere. I'm really sad and, that this is just going to be an audio recording because literally my jaw is on the floor. My I eyes know. are just <laughs> my head. Yeah, and I wish people could see how passionate um, and like, excited. I mean, they can yeah. hear it in your voice. We're going like, to tag your YouTube videos, obviously, and I'm probably going to watch all of them within the next 24 so hours. Exciting. So exciting. Um, back up to the part in your story where your mom gave you a bag. And, and, and so first I'm curious, can you say like what kind of, cannabis it was and then also um how did she know <laughs> my mom's been smoking weed for a hundred years she was like an old hippie from the day she kind of hid it from me in high school although I remember like so <laughs> dork I remember my first party that I was ever invited to and I was not a cool kid I walked down the stairs and I was like Oh, my parents used to smoke these cigars too. And it was freaking <laughs> weed, right? Everyone laughed at me. So, um, so yeah, she's been smoking it for a really long time. And she was just quite frankly, sick of seeing me struggle, right? She had seen me try all of these things. And I was her suicidal daughter lying in bed, not being able to get out. Like, I think she would have given me anything. Oh. Um, it just happened to be that that worked. Um, and as for what kind it was, this is like my own little personal mission on the planet is to debunk this idea that there's like certain types of cannabis that are like, if you find lemon dream, that's going to be the thing that's going to really help your depression. It works like that. Almost not at all. Um, oh. which is one of the reasons why people hire cannabis coaches so that we can help you really understand like. Um, what's going on in your life and what what conditions are you trying to address and let's let's work hard to try to find the right type of cannabis for you because it's overwhelming it's like walking into it's the like the lcbo and being like oh i need the type of alcohol that's good for arthritis you know like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's hard yeah yeah right yeah exactly 
So like how many different strains or types? Thousands. Are there? Thousands. Okay. And fat and the strain names mean almost nothing, like literally almost nothing. Um, because um, I can make up a new strain called like Andrea's Awesome Pot and, and put it out there tomorrow. And Andrea's Awesome Pot might be exactly the same as Blue Dream. So it's really, really hard as a brand new cannabis consumer who's been told that you need to find the strain to make you feel better. That's really overwhelming. And in fact, it's it's significantly easier to find out how to use cannabis for you if you kind of drop the strain names and look at other things in particular to help kind of guide your way. So are you saying even like the generic things like indica in the couch, that's not a thing. Sativa is not, not a thing. That makes so down. Much. Okay. Yeah. And are you saying that it, it acts differently with each person, person's biology and issue? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It would be awesome if we oh. could, if we could take the thousands of different types of cannabis and say you're indica and you're sativa, and these will make you sleepy and these will make you awake. Um, it doesn't work like that at all. And it's, it's much more helpful for people to think about, um, understanding what's in their cannabis. Like, am I using cannabis with a lot of THC or a lot of CBD or maybe half and half and taking, um, figuring out a way that to take it, that makes them feel good. Most people don't feel like smoking, but think they have to in order to get the benefits. And then starting with a really, really small amount and just writing down how you feel. And if you didn't feel anything, the next time you take a little bit more and you write it down. And that is far more powerful and far more effective than going to the store to buy super lemon haze and smoking a big joint and thinking like, oh, that didn't work for me at all. Cool. So (laughs) I'm okay with sharing a personal story. How about her? (laughs) So I was up in Southampton with a friend and we went to the cannabis store there because we were at a cottage weekend and really didn't have anything to do. I bought my first pen, vape pen, I guess. Is that, I don't even know if my terminology is proper. You got Um, it. (laughs) Brought it home. I wanted some help sleeping, especially when I'm coming off of an off call situation where my anxiety is really high when I'm on call and I need to kind of be able to go have a really good sleep. Um, so tried it a few times, didn't really feel anything. And then my dear husband was like, you're not even inhaling. So one night I took like eight hits because I was practicing also not a good choice. (laughs) So I think that your advice to write it down and like take two puffs one time, then three, not eight. You can't practice with this because then you just get really high. (laughs) Yeah. Every single person who's tried an edible also has a story of like the time I had a cookie and it wasn't working. So I had three more like, you know, we all have down that gummy road myself also. Yeah, (laughs) I have learned and this coach is such a genius idea. So we had a ton of questions when we posted that we were having you on. I actually couldn't believe how many people were so curious and so excited. So we figured we'd kind of start at the top with pregnancy and then work our way through. Um, Perfect. So pregnancy, a lot of people just ask, what can it help? And morning sickness is something that we hear about constantly. Well, in in pregnancy and anxiety, people are wondering, can they use um, CBD CBD for that? And then you talked a little bit already about methods. So if they're not smoking, you know, what about the oil? What about gummies? What other options are there? I want to start 
out by just reminding everyone that I'm not a healthcare practitioner, I'm not a doctor, this isn't any sort of medical advice. And also to start out with like my core belief that um, if you can avoid, it would be best if you did not consume cannabis while pregnant. Um, for a variety of reasons. And let's put them out on the table first and then backtrack how exactly scary they are. Um, we don't have great studies on women who use cannabis during pregnancy or breastfeeding um, for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that a lot of our studies are self-reported and not when many women are willing to admit that they're using an illegal substance, especially in the States where child protective services can come in and take your baby and still do. Um, because many of the studies that talk about cannabis in those times of a woman's life also put in alcohol and cigarette smoking. So it's really hard to know what's causing the problem. And because it's not really ethical to say like, hey, you guys go smoke a bunch of joints while you're pregnant and you don't, and we'll see what happens. What we do know is that uh, consistent high THC use can lead to low birth weight babies. Um, low birth weight babies on their own isn't a problem. But as you know, if, if it's a low birth weight baby because something's going on, then that baby's really gonna have much more of a struggle um, maybe at the beginning of their life than they needed to. Um, but that's what we know from people who are using significant amounts of THC, like on the regular, um, probably just as part of their life. Um, there is something to be said for like, are people using cannabis before they get pregnant because they're treating things already? Are they treating sleep? Are they treating pain? Are they treating depression already? And then they become pregnant. And um, is this seen in their in their eyes as less harmful than taking the prescription pain, um, depression medication? So um, there's a lot of things happening when we talk about cannabis and pregnancy um, in general. That's interesting yeah, you, to say that. Um, I'm just thinking about SSRI use is studied in pregnancy. And um, ah, I'm just following the money train here a little bit. Obviously, there's going to be money in cannabis to do those studies, but maybe just not yet. It hasn't been legal long enough. or Because when you talk about ethics, be what are the ethics of, of studying an SSRI group against another SSRI group? or sorry, against a control group and all of them being pregnant. The thing is, is that so far, except for a small few um, pharmaceutical companies, they haven't jumped on this bandwagon yet. So yeah. let's give them time to see all the money that's in this space so that then they can decide to run tests on pregnant mamas. But does you know, it like that's in the pharmaceutical realm, can it not just be within the cannabis realm? Like to have that would be studies? That would be fantastic. But one of the problems with studying cannabis is just what we talked about before is that if I said to you as a mom, like, hey, you're going to use cannabis, like, go ahead and I'll study you. I have really no idea what kind of cannabis you're using unless I gave it to you. If you're smoking it, how deep are you inhaling? Do you know, like all these little nuances that um, get put into place? I'm sure that a study could be done. I don't see that that is high priority for anyone right now. Uh, really? The pharmaceutical companies that are studying cannabis are doing it for anxiety, pain, and sleep, because those are the things that it works for the best. Yeah, right. Um, I think pregnancy will be far down the list. When are we ever at the top of the list? Never. Right? Never. Never. Um, so in your okay. experience, have you worked with clients who are pregnant and kind of guiding them through continuing use if they've already started or they're coming to you as kind of a last ditch effort. They're having anxiety 
or morning sickness and they're hoping this will help? I don't personally work. I don't work one-on-one with clients who are pregnant because that's out of my scope of practice as a, as a cannabis coach. I do have an online class that teaches women about the pros or the, the pros and cons for lack of a better word of using cannabis as a harm reduction method during pregnancy and breastfeeding. And again, about like how to do that well, you were asking earlier about the different methods. So if you are choosing to use cannabis during pregnancy for, for whatever, for anxiety, for sleep, for pain, for stress, for nausea, for nausea and vomiting is so helpful for increasing your appetite. Like some moms can't eat and they need the nutrition in order to be able to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're just managing another condition and then you become pregnant, then, you know, any of these things, there are some things that you can do. First of all, smoking is is the least healthful way to consume it for a variety of different reasons. So I always suggest to people to um, consider taking sublingual cannabis oils, which is uh, usually oils that you find in a little 30 milliliter bottle and you just drop it underneath your tongue and let it sit there for about a minute. Um, And that relief comes on in about 20 minutes. So maybe you'll feel sleepy within about 20 minutes or, you know, your incredible back pain might dissipate after 20 minutes and the relief lasts from two to about six hours. The other thing that you can do is actually consume it, like have it so that it goes into your belly, like a gummy or a cookie or oatmeal or a drink or whatever it is. The it takes longer for that to start to work. So it might take um, half an hour to like four hours for that to start to work. But the relief can then be all night or all day. It can go from six to 10 to 12 hours. So um, for many people, moms included, maybe having some CBD oil in their decaf tea in the morning allows them to go to work without the crushing anxiety and the twirling thoughts all day that make it impossible to, you know, just live. Um, so yeah, consuming it in your mouth (laughs) some way without inhaling is one harm reduction strategy. And the other one is to significantly limit THC. Um, THC is the compound in cannabis, the high causer people remember it by, and in high doses, it will make you feel high in low doses. Um, most people don't feel any high at all, and it can just be relaxing and, um, help with pain, but it is the psychoactive component of cannabis. And like we talked about at the very beginning, your baby from the time it goes from one cell to multi-cell already has endocannabinoid receptors littering their little tiny baby baby bodies so do we want to be consuming an exogenous compound like an outside compound and delivering that to our baby in the most crucial of their developmental times i'm going to say as a last resort yeah. like that this would be in my personal opinion, something that you would do if you literally couldn't sleep or you're in excruciating pain or your depression is so bad that, you know, things are very dark, then maybe with the help of your doctor, maybe this is something to add into your life. Um, But for most people, I would say steer clear. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, It sounds to me, so when we teach our prenatal class, we talk a little bit about alcohol and for the most part, we follow most of the worldwide, you know, recommendations that are to have 
zero amount because it's a spectrum disorder. However, in Europe, there are some different recommendations which are up to two units a week. So a unit being, you know, one beer, one glass of wine, one shot. Um, and kind of a, yeah, just a small, moderate um, approach. I'm wondering now that, so then when we talk about someone's in early labor, we mm -hmm. often say to people, take get gravel. in the bath, take a gravel, have a glass of wine, go to sleep. For Lara, she was 42 weeks pregnant. For those last two weeks, she thought she was in labor every night. Um, you had a glass of wine every night. Every night. Um, and really, you know, babies fully developed, the amount of, of alcohol getting to them pretty, pretty minute. So talk to me about like how this could be used in pain relief when we're in labor, perhaps, and when we're not as concerned about this being an ongoing systemic neural, you know, developmental thing for our baby. It's about yeah, people stage. Yeah, people have been using cannabis, women have been using cannabis in labor forever. There's many, many, many documented um, instances of women using it for all things. Even Queen, Queen Victoria used to use cannabis for when she got her period. Um, so yeah, people will definitely just like you said, kind of like amp it up a bit like, okay, I'm in labor here. So we're all going to deal with a little bit of extra um, THC. I still personally in that in that scenario, I don't know enough about it. I don't know whether it's okay to take a big honking dose of, of THC right while you're in labor and how that might affect your, your baby in that critical time. Um, people often apply topical THC and CBD to their vaginal area Ooh, for yeah. sex, for sleep, for a whole bunch of things, but definitely in labor. Um, you, you can, there's pictures in a textbook I read where you can see like the midwife, like dropping like syringes of oil onto the woman as she's in labor. Um, and if you were going to try it in labor, then vaping something would be like a really, that's a really instant hit for people. Plus, just like you said, with the alcohol, the, like you get actually very little of the THC that your, like your brain gets a very little bit and your baby gets like a ridiculously small amount after that. So yeah, you're probably, you know, you're probably within a margin of safety there to use it. Um, if yeah, I'm like, experienced about like if people have prodromal labor, they often will go to the hospital and get a shot of morphine and or an early epidural. Yeah. Like it's unfortunate to me that to me, cannabis seems like a much more natural approach to pain relief. And when you're talking about harm reduction, I mean, an early epidural can send you down a trajectory of a birth plan that you don't love. And to me, this sounds like a way that you could take the edge off, get some sleep and put yourself in a better birth trajectory the next day. And wow. something, something that I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about these receptors that are on cells all over our body, something really important to note about cannabis is that we have no receptors or extremely minute amounts of receptors in our brainstem where it controls our breathing and our heart rate. So unlike opioids or unlike, you know, taking too much morphine where you can do serious damage and death, you could, you know, you could eat all the pot gummies in the world and you would feel really bad, but you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. um, so it has a much better safety profile than many of the drugs that we're willing to just pop all the time. Absolutely. 
Yeah. You want to speak at all about other drugs? Um, I'm thinking like mushrooms or LSD, things that are kind of popular now too, or is that kind of out of your scope or what? I don't know enough about them. I like, I, this is like, this is half of my cannabis bookshelf right here with cannabis <laughs> textbooks and stuff. Yeah. I can't, I don't know if I have time to read all the mushroom textbooks too. I'd love yeah. to be a mushroom coach too. I think that'd be great, but give me a couple of years. There's gotta be one that exists out there. Yeah. Totally. You're a mushroom coach and you want to yeah. be on our podcast. Yeah, get at us. Call her up. Yeah. Okay, let's move on then to um, postpartum. So I know in your caveat at the beginning, you also said pregnancy and postpartum. Breast you know, yes, yeah. breastfeeding would be the the problem there. Um, I know that there is a lot of advice, especially from Dr. Jack Newman about how to do alcohol safely in and around breastfeeding. Your best time to drink is actually probably while you're breastfeeding or immediately right after. So the least is, amount is in breast milk, but the whole thought of pump and dump is done. Um, but you mentioned that for you, like where, how old were your kids when you got that Christmas gift? Yeah, significantly older. My kids were like five. My youngest was five. Um, I wish I would have known about cannabis as a brand new mom. Um, there is still some concern. Um, there's still some harm reduction strategies that you can put into place here. So again, smoking is not a good idea. It's not great for you. Second and third hand smoke are terrible for your baby and your family. Um, vaping is a, is a safe, instant alternative to, to smoking. Um, and we do know that THC will transfer into breast milk at about 4% of the amount that a mom gets. So that can be really comforting for a mom who, you know, does really well with a five milligram dose of THC, which is a low dose, which might help to relax and get you some sleep and some pain relief to know that the baby is getting like almost nothing, you know, so it's, a, it's, it's different than when the baby's inside. Um, and experimenting with specifically CBD in the postpartum period, because, um, CBD is fantastic for a million things, mood regulation, sleep, stress, pain, but anxiety is where it really, really shines. And I, have you ever been a new mom? Like it's horrifying. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask about that percentage thing? I'm just thinking like, let's say um, a postpartum mom is, is 180 pounds and her baby is eight pounds. Does that relate when you say 4%, it doesn't have anything to do with body size? Cannabis dosing hardly ever goes by via body size. And that's for a whole bunch of different reasons. But the most important reason is that your endocannabinoid system is functioning significantly differently than mine, even though we might be the same age and maybe we're the same weight. Um, the way to keep that system in a really good state and, and keeping in mind that its job is to modulate all the other systems to keep them in homeostasis or balance the way to keep your endocannabinoid system in a, in a really good place is to eat well, to sleep well, to exercise and to manage your stress appropriately. So for example, I know that you're really passionate about nutrition and exercise and maybe you keep your stress in check. So, um, even if we're the same age and we're the same weight, your endocannabinoid system might be functioning significantly better than mine. So you might need one puff to feel better and I might need 27 puffs to feel better. Okay. So it doesn't, it doesn't, 
It's not easy to correlate. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your mom. Don't look at your best friend. Their experience has no bearing on yours. Sure. So I guess my question then is if my baby's getting 4% of what I get, do does that matter that my baby's only eight pounds or, or they're so small? Like that 4%, is that 4% for them? Or is that like a hundred percent for them? I don't know how to do those numbers. You know what I'm asking? I un- I'm yeah, I do understand what you're saying is like, yeah, I do understand okay. that you're saying like, Hey, like you're saying I'm getting five and the baby's getting just 4% of that, but the baby's super small. Yeah. Isn't the yeah. baby getting really high? It doesn't, it, 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 it's not working like that. Okay. Okay. Um, the, the baby's, baby's not, not getting, getting Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The baby's not getting, the baby's getting significantly less high if high at all. Like we don't okay. really know, right? Like, <laughs> but your baby's not in there playing Rasta music. Like it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm just picturing the quote for like the podcast art for the Instagram. Your baby is not really high. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned already people, uh, Queen Victoria taking it for um, PMS and for cramping. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Say more about that. And like, how do people like, are they taking it for three days in a row for one day for a few hours? Um. CBD is a different beast than THC. So if you can try try to separate them Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about cannabis, CBD is something in my opinion, that's best taken on, on the, on every single day as a supplement, kind of like we take vitamin D. Most of us are not doing the things of eating well, sleeping well, managing our stress well and moving our body. So can, so taking a daily dose of CBD can actually help your endocannabinoid system over time, gently nudge things back into um, homeostasis. It's the reason why CBD specifically is so helpful for so many treatment resistant conditions, such as um, fibromyalgia, migraines, and IBS. It's particularly helpful with those. And that is likely, the, the studies are being done right now, but that's likely because you are finally nourishing your endocannabinoid system, which is allowing your body to come back into its regular state of balance um, because you've been deficient in endocannabinoids this whole time, causing things like fibro and IBS and migraines. Um, Guys, I got off on a tangent to buy some CBD right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got off on a tangent, but I forgot the original question because I wanted to go somewhere with that. Oh, I was asking about like PMS PMS and cramps. cramps. Oh, right. I'm thinking about, I do have a CBD topical one that you rub on your lower back and abdomen. And I also have a a bath bomb um, that I'm just wondering like efficacy here. Are there better ways Yeah. So again, taking CBD orally every day, I think everybody should be doing it. It takes a while to be at the right dose before you feel like the general wellness that comes from supplementing with CBD. THC is much more time specific. So if you found that THC helped with your cramps or your moodiness or whatever it is, you could definitely just like have a vape pen in your pocket and be like, okay, I'm not going to kill my husband anymore. Um, and so that can be like more, um, more specific, more targeted. And then yes, there are kind of better or worse ways to take it. Um, and they depend again on how long you want it to last. So for longest lasting, um, relief, you're going to want to take it, eat it in some way, um, make it pass through your digestive system for really quick relief. You'll want to vape it. And then topical cannabis, um, particularly for women who are suffering from period cramps, it helps some women like 
like the bomb doesn't touch mine at all like literally no difference but some women will rub it on their bellies or they'll put it in their belly button to reach the vagus nerve patrol oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um and then the i i run a women's cannabis club in park hill and our the thing that we like to talk most about are called pit petals, which is pot in the twat um, <laughs> petals. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, they're it's like made in little flower. The <laughs> <laughs> they're made in little flower molds. So that way, that's why they're called petals. And um, we developed them with a vaginal educator. Actually, she's a doula and a vaginal, vaginal educator. Um, and so about a year ago, I walked around Park Hill with like little baggies and pit petals and said to women, gently insert this into your vagina right before you go to bed. I love telling people to put things in their vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I really do. Oh, and and uh, what's the oil you tell people? Evening primrose oil. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just add pot. That's and people, great. again, about half the women are sleeping like the dead. They're having extraordinary bowel movements in the morning. They're I'm so excited about everything that's coming out of your mouth right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're great for sex. Say... I'm not done. I'm not done. More? They're, great. they're great for sex because um, cannabis um, brings blood flow to the area and it's also super anti-inflammatory and it helps with pain so for women who struggle with painful sex painful intercourse that can be really helpful um, in that way as well um, and I haven't personally had this experience but I don't I couldn't put a number on it several women in the club say that they feel like they are releasing long-held emotional tension by inserting cannabis into the vaginal canal on a nightly basis it's all and connected. that's what they say as as a, above, as above so below. So below. exactly basically yeah basically. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the <weed> yeah. <laughs> so this is an, an this is an oil in more oil or or what is this is this is you simply um like steep cannabis in coconut oil and then you strain the cannabis out and you put the coconut oil into molds so i have these little coconut oil pucks can i get me. some this weekend <laughs> <laughs> and like and and companies are developing like weed tampons and things like that like oh, yeah yeah because it's wow. so helpful to have direct right where it hurts um exactly. relief i need this for spain i'm gonna be on my period in spain hiking 22k a day i was thinking can i bring even... cbd on a plane do not damn it andrea <laughs> sorry <laughs> but spain's legal spain has a great thriving cannabis maybe culture maybe i can there. find something there when yeah. i'm there i'm yeah. drag my brothers and be like i'm gonna start bleeding in 24 hours we're gonna need to get me something yeah yeah <laughs> perfect Sarah, I'm <laughs> just brain is I'm marinating. adding more questions to the bottom. Okay, where are we? Okay. Um, talk more about sex because I will say we've heard from some friends that like high sex is the best. So is that what you're hearing in your women's club also? Because libido is obviously a huge deal, especially postpartum, a lot of awkward conversations with marriages, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame of women not having a libido. So in two, your experience, people are having great benefits that way. In, in two separate ways. So it, um, using cannabis as a topical 
um, has just the benefits we talked about, pain reduction, inflammation reduction, um, again, bringing blood flow to the area. It's helpful on your partner as well. Um, but also consuming cannabis, especially in those first not especially in those first, at any time that you're feeling really anxious about sex for whatever the reason is, um, consuming cannabis, like maybe vaping it again or having some gummies can help you to just relax and let some of the tension go and get a little bit giggly and a little bit fun. And it can um, really increase sensation in your body. Like you, you feel things more when you're a little bit high, you know, food tastes a little bit better. Music sounds a little bit better. Sex feels a little bit better. So um, yeah, absolutely. Making this like kind of part of your foreplay can be can can be really helpful if you're a little bit high plus you're playing around with some pit pedals you know that could be a really um fun relaxing not so stressful way to enter back into sex or to just to make sex more fun like yeah it should be fun it could be totally. yeah who is your ideal client to work with when i first started cannabis coaching, my job, my mission was to work with moms. Like that was it. I was like, I need to help other moms like me so that they don't actually freaking kill themselves because they can't find a way out of this. And there's so much stigma around moms specifically in cannabis. And I think we're still like, I don't know, five years out from women being open enough to like want to talk about it and deal with it um so I haven't moved like I'm still really passionate about women in cannabis that's why I started the club that's um I also am the head science educator at the Cannabis Coaching Institute so I teach all the new students all the new coaches all the um, cannabis science there um oh my god I lost my train of thought ideal client Ideal client. Yeah. So my ideal client now, like most of the people who come to work with me one-on-one are brand new to cannabis and they need somebody to shine a flashlight. Like I I equate it to, if you can imagine, like you fell asleep in 1890 and woke up in 2020 and you had never, you didn't know what a car was. And all of a sudden you see not only cars on the road, but there's car dealerships and there's car mechanics and there's, you know, a, a ton of different kinds of cars and each car is good for a different use. It would be bonkers. And that's how people feel when they heard from somebody that, you know, cannabis really helped my mom with this exact condition you have. And then they're like, I'm going to try cannabis. And then they open the door and they're like, ah, I don't know what the hell is happening. Yeah. So yeah, most of, most of my clients, the vast majority of them are people who just like, I want the relief you're talking about, please help me. And that's what I do. I recommend specific products and doses and ingestion methods. And then I work with the person over the course of a couple of months as they try taking too much and too little and the wrong product and a new product. And we figure it out together. Right. I'm thinking about the normalcy of the caffeine up, the wind down, Mm -hmm. you know, in our culture right now. Um, where do you see this being used as an easy button or as a, when you talk about, you know, healthy eating, um, exercise, sleep, stress management. And sometimes we can't get to those things because we're, you know, already so depleted. On a hamster wheel of anxiety. Yeah. So where is that kind of, and how do you end up, do you end up acting a bit like a counselor therapist where you're trying to help people say, 
let's do the cannabis to get you to a place where you can do these other healthy things? Or is there a point where people aren't doing the healthy things and are, are leaning on this too much as a crutch? Like, how do you feel out those, that balance and that recommendation of a good amount? The, the vast majority of people who come to me don't really want to feel high. In fact, I have to convince people to try to take THC because although we know it gets you high in high doses, in low doses, it's fantastic and can be, and in high doses is fantastic too, but in low doses, it can be great for things, especially when combined with CBD. So I don't, I haven't had a client yet where I've thought like, oh, you are like, this is your new crutch that you're using in order to not deal with your problems. Most people are coming at it from, from like a health point of view. They're like, how can I feel better? Um, and I see it for moms specifically addressing the stress. If you can find a zero calorie quick wear off something that you can go into your bathroom and take a puff of your vape pen, or you can have a, a little tiny gummy on, on a Tuesday afternoon before, you know, you have to wake your baby up and play some stupid game that you don't want to play. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. Right. That if you can be a little bit happier and a little bit more present and a little bit more aware and a little bit more grateful and a little bit more tuned in, it can, it can change, it can change your life. Everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's life. what it did for me when I had that, like, holy shit, I'm in here moment. I realized, oh, I am not content. Like it was like everything at once. Like I'm not content to live my life this way anymore. And everything literally did change all in the right direction for me. And did so, you find that you had a, a time of your life where like you needed more and now you're in a situation where you're using less or it's changed or evolved or like, what's that journey look like? That's actually one of the things that I love the most about teaching people how to hone in and track and, and figure out how cannabis works for them is that unlike an antidepressant, um, if I get up and I'm having a rough day, I can take more THC and be okay. I can't double my antidepressants. And if I am having a great couple of weeks because I'm on vacation, I can just get rid of it all together. If my period's really bad this month, I know that I can double up on whatever it is. Like I can be extremely extremely intuitive and tuned into my own body and what it needs, which is helpful because our endocannabinoid system actually fluctuates with our period, which is so annoying. Like right when you're like, you're really bitchy, you actually need more THC and then you get to feel guilty about using more THC, you know, like you get, yeah. Ah, yeah. the um, spiral of like yeah. what the media has done even to yeah. campus, like the pothead and all of yeah. those narratives that you're just a loser stoner. Like, yeah. So like birth and the media ruining birth. Mm, it's true. But it's totally fine for me to come home from like the year that I went, that I had that depression. I came home from the first day of teaching that year and bought a bottle of wine. I've never done that before. I'm not a big drinker on the second day of teacher I, teaching, I bought a box of wine and that was okay for everybody. Yes. But as soon as I started saying like, actually I'm smoking a joint after dinner and it's really helping. I was like a really bad mom, you know, and oh, it's, it's so yeah. crazy bad mom, to me. Bad teacher. Can you believe? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned about um, SSRIs or depression. What, what is the relationship um, so I'm talking outside of pregnancy, outside of postpartum and breastfeeding, 
But if someone is on an SSRI, can they still be playing around with topping up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still take an antidepressant. I'm super grateful for pharmaceutical medication. I've tried several times to get off of it and it is not okay for me. Okay. So, but I am able to take THC as, as I see fit basically so that I can again, be an engaged, happy mom. Like this morning I had to get up at five o'clock to get some work done. So before I got my kids up at seven 30 and I knew they were both going to be bears. Cause it was a late night. I smoked half a joint on the porch. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm like one of those teachers don't smoke joints. Just let me smoke joints. <laughs> so I smoked half a joint on the porch. And then I came inside and I was so excited to see my kids and we played with the dog and I rubbed their hair and we had a really nice morning. And I can remember what life was like before I didn't have a solution on mornings where I was really bitchy. I didn't have like there, there was nothing to alleviate that. I remember those mornings and they were not fair to my kids. Okay, so totally, totally honest right now. I'm having like a a moral judgment. Like I I'm feeling it. And I'm, I'm imagining our listeners are too. So I want you to like, call me on it and like call my stigma because I'm feeling like if I were to do that, to have, I would, I would be dogging on myself saying, well, I should just be able to do that anyway, but you've got to the place where you're saying, but I couldn't. And so then you're saying this is a solution for you. Like help me out here. It's a solution for me in that I know that it is a health promoting Mm -hmm. because again, the endocannabinoid system, it's a health promoting way to deal with the ups and downs of everyday life Mm -hmm. because of, of the depression. And it's not like I came out of that depression five years ago and I've been smooth sailing ever Mm -hmm. since I've had some really dark times where I thought like, oh my God, I'm going like right back downhill again. I have learned a lot of self-care strategies in the meantime, and cannabis is part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm grateful for it every morning. I know people judge me. I, I understand that if you told me that you needed to have a beer before you go, if, before you went to wake up your kids, I'd be like, what the hell? But I only have to read like, I don't know, 64 textbooks to realize why THC is helping me to feel the way I am. Plus I'm not intoxicated. That's the other thing that people equate. They, they think like, oh, Andrea must be intoxicated. If I was intoxicated, I could not do this job. I could not parent my children. I could not drive my car. Like it's not about intoxication. It's about bringing me back to, again, like feeling just kind of normal as opposed to cry like I don't want to wake my kids up cry think about it in like black and white like you're higher you're not yeah yeah it's not like that at all it's a spectrum yeah right yeah okay um can we touch a little bit on paranoia so I feel like that's a (laughs) a thing people often are like no I don't like weed I feel paranoid yeah yeah what about that? Totally a thing. Totally a thing. Again, back when my husband and I were smoking it at the very beginning, like the kids would be in bed, right? Because heaven forbid that they knew that we were giggling. And then we would like stay down in the in the couch and close all the windows so the neighbors wouldn't hear us. And then we would imagine what we would do if neighbors came to the door and we'd be like, we are okay. We, like, we were just so numb because we're so paranoid, right? Yeah. And of course, we thought everyone in the whole neighborhood knew. 
Okay, paranoia is a direct relationship to dose with THC. So if you smoked weed when you were in high school and you were really paranoid and sick and it was awful and you're never touching it again, please just consider that if you had drank a whole bottle of Jägermeister as your first introduction to alcohol, that you might never touch it again. And maybe it was the dose and not the actual substance. Um, so consuming super small amounts of THC and incorporating CBD into your cannabis lifestyle is a really good way to still have fun and excitement and happiness and uplifting and release of stress without paranoia and without a hangover and without saying and doing stupid things and without becoming belligerent, you know, like there's so many advantages of, um, weed over wine in my opinion. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, I could talk to you for five hours. Like yeah. I feel like <laughs> part two, because after people listen to this, I think they're going to have more questions. Totally. Also, I think they should hire you. Also, I'd like to hire you. For sure. Um, I have and one if you live question. in Park Hill, yeah. you need to come to the Park Hill Women's Cannabis Club. And there you Sarah go. And I come on a field trip to the club one time. Totally. You can totally come. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. We know people who live in Park Hill. It's we fine. Um, okay. If you could put anything on a billboard, what would it say? Weed is healthy. Mm, yeah. I thought you were going to say weed over wine. Yeah. I want that on a shirt. I want people to understand that it like it is a health sup when used appropriately, it's a health supplement. When used yeah. in excess, it's like everything else. But um, a small dose of cannabis does a body good. Actually, mm. your body, your mind, your soul, your everything. It really does. Mm. Okay. Let's end on this high note. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, now. Good, good job. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking us today. Like my mind is blown. I know it's great. I know we're not going to be able to go back to work because we're going to be talking. No, about we have to go interview <laughs> a new doula right now, and we are like wired and so happy. So thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you in real life. I look forward to listening to this podcast again because yes. I feel like there's things. It'll be that the first one you've ever listened to. Really go in. I don't love <laughs> listening to myself talk, but no, I'll listen to you talk. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so much. Great. Where can people yeah, find you? It. Yeah. Yeah. So revealcannabis.com is the best place to find me. And I do, if the apocalypse ever ends, like I do local events in London and things like that. So, you know, like one year I'll see y'all again, but I do lots of online classes and stuff for now. So yeah, come check me out. We will link all of that in the show notes and everyone will find you and hopefully fall in love with you. Like, and everyone will say, where can I find pot in the twat? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you a recipe. Yes, please do. Amazing. We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.